0: Well, join me once again in our continuing study of the book of Esther. We're going to read a few verses in the fifth chapter of the book of Esther. In fact, we want to read verses 1 through 8 and then make some comments on these verses. What what a glorious book this book of Esther is. As it displays the very presence of God, the acts of God, the purpose of God, the uh, eternal um, promises of God are displayed in here and even though we do not have his name even mentioned we have him as we've read several times there in the song of Solomon he works behind the lattice he is behind the scenes of all things in Esther chapter 5 verse 1 it says now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house and the king sat upon his throne room in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so when king, the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew nigh, and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee, and what is thy request? Even to half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, If, i have found favor in the sight of the king and if it seen please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request let the king and haman come to the banquet that i shall prepare for them and i will do tomorrow as the king hath said now we're going to stop there tonight because this is the re- the uh, introduction of, of esther to the king and she has said in the past that she, if she lives, she lives. If she dies, she dies. But she's going to go in into the presence of the king. Now, in verse 1, you noticed with me that opening phrase, now it came to pass. I found it quite interesting that in the scriptures, that phrase is used over 450 times. Old Testament and New Testament. It came to pass. Often it's used in the Gospels to share with us the fulfillment of some passage of scripture in the old testament that the Lord was doing it came to pass there is absolutely nothing stationary the only place that we will ever meet stationary is in glory in this life things are always changing what comes is moving we find that everything that happens is moving And it came to pass, and that that comes to, it came to pass means an event actually happened. Now, we're going to read this, I think it's four or five times we will find this phrase used in the book of Esther, but it's used so profusely throughout the Old Testament and so profusely throughout the New Testament, and by it we learn that God brings things to pass. It is, this world is always moving. We're not at a standstill. Morning and evening, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, we continue to move through this world. I shared with Brother Duane the other day that we are aging at the same rate. Some just have a head start. And he had to agree. He's had a head start over me by 18 years. But we're aging at the same rate, and things happen as they fall out according to the eternal purpose of God. Now there's a verse of scripture that I'd like to read at this time, found over in the book of Lamentations. In the book of Lamentations, which is not that far away from where we are right now. In the book of Lamentations chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3, and we find our verse in verse 37. Now, we could only do justice to the scripture by starting at Genesis chapter 1 and reading through Revelation chapter 20, but we're going to have to just pick out a few verses. Here it tells us in the book of Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 37. As we think about this subject, and it's a subject often brought up in scriptures, it came to pass. It came to pass. Nothing is stationary. What comes is moving. And here we find in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 37. Who is he that saith?" and it cometh to pass when the Lord commandeth it not. So we find out here in this verse of Scripture that everything that comes to pass is going to be purposed by the Lord himself. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass when the Lord commandeth it not? So nothing can be done by anybody except that which the Lord has purposed to come to pass. We may propose something, but if it's not in the purpose of God, it shall not come to pass. And another verse of scripture that along the same line, as we think of the multitude of times in the scriptures that these, this phrase is used, is found just a little bit further in our scripture. Oh, excuse me, back up just a little bit to the book of the Psalms. Psalm 33. In Psalm 33, we find another one of these verses of scripture that shares with us concerning the counsel of God in it come to pass. In Psalm 33, verse 9. Psalm 33, verse 9. We want to read verses 9, 10, and 11 here. For it shares with us, for he spake, and it was done. Now, man may propose, man may introduce, man may have his heart, have his purpose. As we've looked at Haman, his purpose is to destroy the Jews. That's his purpose. And we're going to find out that shall not come to pass. But we're going to find out what God purposed, that shall come to pass. It is going to come. And here it says, For he spake, and it was done. He commanded it, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. So all that Haman has proposed, and all that people in the Scriptures have Uh, that are against the Lord have proposed. We're going to read about Balaam. Sunday we're going to be looking some more about Balaam. And Balaam was going to be paid if he could curse Israel. And you know, as much as he wanted to be paid, and as much as he wanted to curse Israel, God turned it always out for a blessing. So his proposal was curse Israel and I shall be paid great large sums. And yet the Lord did not permit him to do that. Haman proposed, he wanted to come to pass, that there would be great sacri- sacrifice of Jews in per- the Persian Empire. But we're going to find out that does not come to pass because it was not proposed of God. And then we look over here in verse 11 of this Psalm 33. Verse 11, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. So we can count on it. We can take it to the bank. Whatever God said would happen in the Old Testament, in the New, happened. And we find that record so often in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that it, it came to pass. And oftentimes it says a reference to the Old Testament. So God had purposed it, it was carried out, and it moved on. And another place that I would like to go to is found here in the Proverbs. It came to pass how often, 457 times that I found that this phrase is used in the Scripture, and here we find another passage of Scripture that is recorded in the Scriptures about the purpose of God, and it came to pass. Kings may propose, dictators may propose, but if it's not God that has it, it will not be carried out. And so here we have in Proverbs 21, And verse 30, Proverbs 21 and verse 30, the scriptures share this. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. There is no wisdom, no understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. What the Lord has purposed in eternity past will be carried out. It shall come to pass. Everything that he purposed shall come to pass. And what does that mean for us? It means that every lost sheep of the house of Israel will be visited by the, by the gospel and by the Holy Spirit. They shall be saved. Every lost sheep of the house of Israel. And we're not talking about national Israel. We're talking about the church. Those that Christ came and died for. So he is going to bring it to pass. And then another passage that we've often gone to is found over here in that wonderful book of the New Testament, the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. So as we go through the book of Esther, we're going to find out people make some proposals about what they want to get done. And laws are even passed. And, you know, according to the laws of the Medan Persians, it can't be changed. But God is going to overcome all of those obstacles because he has a purpose in it. He's going to do all things according to the uh, counsel of his own will. This is what he has purposed, and this is what he shall carry out. So it came to pass. God's in charge of that. Prophets in the Old Testament, that as we read here, are going to mention things, you are going to say things, you are going to write things, and we're going to see in the New Testament that everything about the Lord Jesus Christ that was ever prophesied shall be fulfilled. I heard a preacher one time say that that's one reason that Moses and Elijah was on that mount with him in the Mount of Transfiguration, that Moses said, you have fulfilled all the law. And the prophet said, you fulfilled all the prophecies. Well, whether they did or not, he did. He fulfilled all the law. He came not to destroy, but to fulfill. And all the prophecies about him would be fulfilled and were fulfilled. There is one other verse just a little bit further here in the book of James. In the book of James, we have this passage of Scripture, James chapter 4. In James chapter 4, as we think about it came to pass. Now in that, there's nothing stationary. Things are going to move. Time is going to move on until the end. Until the end. There shall be springtime and harvest until the end. There will be planting, there will be rain, there will be the seasons. This is a promise of God. And here in the book of James chapter 4 and verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city. Can you hear Haman? I've got this plan. <laughs> we're going to get rid of the Jews. We're going to we're going to take care of it. And he's already talked to the most powerful uh human king in the world at that time. The king that he is under, second in command to, is the most powerful king in the world. Now the king of kings is sitting on his throne, and he's working all things after the counsel of his own will, and this man has proposed, you know, go to, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Now, in last week's bulletin, there was a little article about a guy that said, one of the great blessings that we have is not knowing the future. When things happen to us in time, if we knew about it ahead of time, we'd probably be very distraught, but the Lord is gracious to us. Well, he used this verse of Scripture as that, for that passage. We know not what shall be on the morrow. We don't know the future. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a time and then vanisheth away. Eighty, ninety, hundred years a vapor. It's like steam rising, like the grass growing. And then he goes, For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Now, we're going to find out that in the book of Esther, in reality, that is Mordecai's prayer and that is Esther's prayer that the Lord willing, the Lord willing, what the Lord shall do. Now, uh, a, a poet, a hymn writer by the name of Joseph Hart, I love his Hymns, because they get a hold of the message. He wrote a whole, there's a hymn book, Hearts Hymns. He wrote in the preface to his hymn book, God grants not the requests of his people because they pray, but they pray because he designs to answer their petitions. He moves our prayers. We don't pray and then he answers it. He's already got the answer. That's why we pray. All right. He has has knowledge of what we have need of before we pray. All right. Let's go back here to the book of Esther now as we've looked there just at a short phrase in that verse 1 of that chapter, the fifth chapter, it came to pass. And now we're going to read about Esther. We're going to read about her. She is going to do something to herself. In the book of Esther, chapter 5, Esther chapter 5, there in verse 1, it tells us that it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel. Now, we mentioned last week where she got that royal apparel, She had nothing when she became queen, nothing that would honor the position that she had. So this has been provided for her. She has been provided this royal apparel by the king. And this royal apparel has the idea of that word royal is translated a number of places in the Old Testament because it's a Hebrew word, a Chaldean word, that means kingdom, kingdom. She put on her kingdom apparel. She put on... Uh, apparel that was in line with her position with her as queen she put on his royal apparel this represented the kingdom this is the kingdom now keep your finger right there again Uh, I like this one I use those terms when we a couple of us have our little notebooks here don't keep your finger there join me if you would in the psalms as we think about this royal apparel she put on the royal apparel it's uh it's quite pictorial what she did because she is representing she's de- declaring the kingdom of the king with this apparel it's from the provided but it's it's more than just dressing up it is declaring something about this kingdom it is a kingdom apparel and we read here in psalm 45 would you join me in psalm 45 in Psalm 45, this word is used, or this thought is used in Psalm 45 and verse 6. It tells us here, it also mentions that same word that we find over there, a scepter. That scepter represented the kingdom. And we're finding out here, O oh, thy throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. Psalm 45 and verse 6, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever the scepter of thy kingdom. Now, that word kingdom is the same as we found over there with Esther, her royal. It's her kingdom apparel. This represents the kingdom of her husband, of King Ahasuerus. And thank God that the apparel the Lord grants to us, imputes to us, his robe of righteousness represents his kingdom that he is king. We have royal apparel. We have kingdom apparel. And it says there, the scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. There's right authority here. Now this is going to play a very important part as we find what God has purposed in the book of Esther, that she did not get put to death as a result of coming in unannounced. She was recognized. She, The scepter was dropped in her Uh, position before her and then she is going to be permitted to make a royal request all right another verse that i want to look at is here in psalm 103 psalm 103 verse 19 as we think about this royal apparel this kingdom apparel is granted and the kingdom of god has been forever he has forever been a king he has forever had subjects now they were in christ before the foundation of the world. They fell in Adam, and God had already promised that he would deliver them from the position that they were in in the fall and regenerate them and cause them to wear this kingdom apparel, the robe of righteousness, this imputed righteousness of Christ that is granted to us. In Psalm 103 and verse 19, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. I love that verse because out of all of his kingdom, there is one kingdom that we've been looking at, and that is the kingdom of Ahasuerus with all of those provinces, huge piece of property, and yet the Lord, his kingdom, ruleth over all. We got Ahasuerus, we got Haman, we have Esther, we have Mordecai, we have them in this kingdom, but over all of that, the Lord is ruling and sovereign over it and doing the dictates of his own heart. And so as we read what's gonna take place, this is the purpose of God carried out in history. It came to pass. Now the Persian empire is nothing compared to what it once was, but the empire at this time was great, lots of property, lots of authority had been put into Ahasuerus' hands and also in Haman's hands. Another verse that I want to read is found here, backing up just a little bit here in the Psalms, Psalm 84 and verse 10. Psalm 84 and verse 10, as we think about her royal apparel, her kingdom apparel, when she stepped into the presence of King Ahasuerus, she had on her kingdom apparel, her royal apparel. She's representing the king and the kingdom at that time. Now, the robe that God grants to us, that robe of righteousness that's been imputed to us, that represents the kingdom because it's given to us by him. We have no righteousness of our own. If, if righteousness came by keeping of the law, there would be nobody having righteousness. But the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us, given to us. Here in the book of the Psalms, Psalm 84, and in verse 10, the word of God says, For a day in thy courts... Is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. So we have here that to be in the courts of the Lord, to be in the kingdom of the Lord, to be in the presence of the Lord is better than anything. The Queen, Queen Esther prepares herself, puts on this kingdom apparel. And now let's go back here to the book of Esther again. We just read that, but let's look here again in the book of Esther, chapter 5 and verse 2. Notice with me this, as the queen, so it was, she comes to the, in royal apparel and stood in the inner court, verse 1, of the king's house, over against the king's house, and the king sat upon his thro- royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. Now, how long had it been since she had been invited to Ahasuerus? We just found out it's been 30 days at least that she has not seen him. Now, he had the right, according to his position, to not ask for her. He had the right to invite her into his presence, and we find here that Esther is really putting her life in the hands of God when she stepped into the presence of King Ahasuerus. If it had not been in the purpose of God, she would not have survived. The law was against it. Now, it tells us here in verse 2, and it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court. What a phrase is nicked. She obtained favor in his sight. Well, there's something that we find about her. She has the kingdom apparel on. She didn't come in just rags, she didn't come in her own. She came in the kingdom apparel. And also, she is very beautiful. And also, we found out that he loved her and that he married her. So there's a number of things going for Esther when she steps into his presence. And it tells us here that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. You know, in many ways, this is exactly what the Lord does when he calls us out of darkness to his marvelous light. When he resurrects us from the spiritual dead, he holds out his golden scepter, his authority, his power, And he causes us to understand that we are where we are by his grace. And for no other reason, it is not something that we did. It is not something that we performed. It was not a law that we kept. It was not a prayer that we prayed. It was not something that we did. It was none of those things the Lord allows us to know in our heart that we are here by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. And we had nothing to do with it. It's been by invitation only. The king saw Esther, and queen, standing in the court, and she obtained favor. Now, uh, we know, no doubt, the king loved Esther. He's already said that. And yes, no doubt, his love and her kind demeanor helped the king lower the golden scepter. But you know whose fingerprint was on that golden scepter? almighty gods. (laughs) He's the one that put his finger on that scepter and I'm what is that? Anthropo There's a word for this. (laughs) That he is the one that pushed that scepter down initially. Ahasuerus, yes. Queen Esther, yes. But the whole reason behind it was the king, as he lowered the golden scepter, there was The finger of God on that scepter holding it out to the Queen Esther. He is so personally involved in the situation here that given us, well, we don't even have to have that. Scripture tells us he's involved in everything and nothing happens without his anointing it, purposing it. He doesn't just permit things to happen. He purposes things to happen. God was most gloriously involved in the great transaction. He is behind the lattice, but in reaching through that lattice that day, life and death were in the balance from Esther's point of view, yet from God's point of view, it was always life. His purpose would be done. He is going to use Esther to deliver his people from certain death as it's been appointed by Haman. Now, he's already determined not to let that happen. He's not caught short. He's not caught off guard. He already knows this. He's going to demonstrate his everlasting power. We find in Romans 8, 28, all things, and we know, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to the call, to those who are called, according to his purpose according to his purpose this is his purpose all things are working out according to his purpose yes it came to pass but everything that comes to pass is in god's purpose the king held out to esther the golden scepter and that was in his hands now again that verse over in the book of the proverbs proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 i love that especially as we've been going through here. But we get over there to the book of Numbers, to the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, we have this very same thing. We've heard it from Pilate. Don't you know what I could do? And the Lord's response is, you could do nothing except what we're giving you. Now the same thing is said to everyone. We have nothing to give, so it's up to the Lord. All right, here in the book of the Proverbs, chapter 21, I just, I just love this verse. Proverbs 21, verse 1. It's a comforting verse of Scripture. It comforts my heart. I pray it comforts your heart. It says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Just as we could find on that scepter the fingerprint of Almighty God pushing it down on behalf of Esther. How huh? there, there was no strain. It was wet down, but God pushed it down. And Esther was welcomed in the presence of the king. And so it is here, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Who is in charge of this? The Lord as river as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. Now, we think that's great when it turns out like what happens with King Ahasuerus and the, de- <clears throat> excuse me, the deliverance of the Jews. And then we find, oh my, it's kind of crusty on the side when it turns out that Stephen's stoned to death. Uh, we like it when the Apostle Paul is preaching the gospel, but to find out what he did before then, but all things, all kings, all people, all in authority is in the hand of the Lord and as rivers of water, irrigation ditches, he turneth it whithersoever he will. There is some corn over here that needs irrigation. I will move the ditch. There's a sheep over here that needs to hear the gospel. I will move the ditch and make sure it gets there. So as we read here with regard to Esther, the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hands. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. His arm, his mind, his foot, his finger is in the hand of the Lord. As rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Now, go back with me to the book of Esther, if you would. The book of Esther, and as we look there in verse 5 again, We find in verse two, Esther chapter five and verse two, it says there that she obtained favor in his sight and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Now notice the last sentence of this verse of scripture. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. What is she recognizing? He has authority. Isn't it wonderful that we get to touch the scepter of the Lord and recognize Him as King of kings and Lord of lords? That He is in charge of all things. He brings things to pass. We don't have to worry whether the Old Testament Scriptures were fulfilled in Christ. We know that that was true. That all of those types, shadows, and pictures that pointed to Christ were fulfilled in Christ. That all the Scriptures about the Lord Jesus Christ coming to this earth and being born of a virgin and bearing the sins of many on the cross being buried and rose again the third day are fulfilled because God purposed it to happen. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Now in verse 3 we have this. Verse 3, then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? You know, it's a gracious thing that Queen Esther requested so little What did she say? Well, let's just read this. What is thy request? It shall—I'll give you half the kingdom. What is there? 127 provinces. 129 provinces. Cut that in half. You know, there's another king that told a young lady because her dancing pleased him. She could have up to half. And what was her request? The head of John Baptist. Up to half the kingdom. Well, this king said, What will you have up to half the kingdom? And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king. Isn't that something? I'm making no demands. If it seems good to the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Now, so you're going to have a banquet. You're going to have a small small, uh, gathering for... the, The word banquet comes... Mainly from the word wine, but there's usually some food with it—a banquet. We're going to have a small banquet today and talk about having a big banquet, a bigger banquet tomorrow. You see, the king said, "Cause Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther has said." So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. So this is that preparation for uh, this first banquet. Just going to at her request again. This is so interesting. The king, what do you want? You know, I think of those words over in the book of Romans chapter 8. Now, Romans 8.28 sets the stage for this. Turn with me to Romans 8.28. He's already said she could have half the kingdom, but notice with me over here in the book of Romans as we think about what the Lord has done for us in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. Romans chapter eight verse thirty-one. Chapter eight verse twenty-eight has certainly set the stage for this, but in Romans chapter eight thirty-one, what shall we say to these things? Now all the things that have been written here prior to this in the book of Romans, all the scriptures, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us that's the price God paid for the redemption of his people, who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He's talking about the elect. He's talking about the chosen. He's talking about the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's talking about those whose names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. To them, how shall he not with him also Freely give us all things. Now sometimes we think about those in physical things, but let's just think all spiritual blessings. Freely give us. Because He spared not His own Son, He gives to the church all things. Spiritual blessings. We have the justification and righteousness. Pardon from sin sanctification, adoption, eternal life, all in a most sovereign way does he give all things to us. If he did this and gave his only begotten son, if he, give, if he did this and spared not his own son, then he is going to give everything that falls under that. These are minuscule things compared to what he gave to, to redeem us. The blood of his own son. The Lord Jesus Christ, the son that went to the cross and that the father poured out his wrath upon him when he had our sins imputed to him. So this one has freely given the church all things, spared nothing. Well, we're going to have that a little bit in type, shadow and picture here with regard to Ahasuerus. He simply says, you have half of everything I have. What's your request? Her request is, I'd like to have a banquet. With you and Haman, this afternoon, let's drink a little wine together and discuss something. Well, as we go on, we find there the Father knoweth what we have need of before we ask. That comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 8, and also in verse 32. We're not informing God of anything when we pray. He has knowledge of what we have need of. He stirs his church to pray according to his everlasting eternal purpose. A banquet. Let's go back to the book of Esther here for just a moment. The book of Esther. Esther chapter 5. Get Haman over here, verse 5. And they had a small banquet. And in verse 6, And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee, and what is thy request, even to half the kingdom? Second time, what's your request? This is, this is just an insignificant thing, to have me and Haman for a glass of wine and a little, few grapes. What is your request, even to half the kingdom? Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition, and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do it tomorrow as the king hath said. Let's have another banquet tomorrow. And the same people are invited. Now she is going to make a request at that banquet. well that we'll read about not next time so much, but the following time she has a request. Her people. Her people. But the first time let's have a banquet. Second time we have a banquet. You know it reminded me of Solomon over in First Kings chapter three, verses one through thirteen. I'm not going to read it all. But Solomon was made king of Israel after David, and the Lord came to him and says, What would what do you want that I should give you? He says, I need some wisdom on how to direct this great people, how to be a good king for this great people. And the Lord says, Because you didn't ask for life or victory over all your enemies or wealth, long life, or victory over your enemies or great wealth. I'm going to give you wisdom but I'm going to give you the rest too. We're going to see here that Esther requested a banquet. Such an insignificant thing in all of this great kingdom. She made a request and this request was made to Ahasuerus on the behalf of Ahasuerus and of Haman Please let us meet together and have a banquet. And when they had that, well, what do you want? I want to have another banquet. Well, we'll find out what she asks the next time when we get to chapter 6. But such a simple thing. What do you request? Such a simple thing. Lord, be honored. Lord, be honored. Lord, would you be honored in our service? Would you be honored as we speak? So it's carried out here in this great book of Esther as God directs all things behind the lattice. And as we read there in verse 1, it came to pass. God's involved from beginning to end. He's directing from beginning to end. And he put his finger on that scepter and pushed it down. And Queen Esther came forward, put her hand on it, and is recognized by the king as being where she needs to be at the right time. We'll stop there for tonight. Pick this up, Lord willing, next time.